Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Chancha. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam and then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hey there, welcome to another episode of The Next Generation with your girl, Victoria Chacha. I am here to talk about all the sexy great babies there are in the Italian wine world, which will take many days. So you're going to have to stick with me for a while. And then we're going to interview some dandy wine folks. I don't think I've used the word dandy in a very long time. I'm going to use it more. Dandy. So today, I'm going to dive back into Colorino. And then we're going to interview the charming Susanna Poon. She is a VS student, a very, very, very intelligent wine professional, as they all are, all my guests are. So, Colorino. Colorino, Colorino. So I advise you now to go listen to the other podcast if I, you didn't hear me give you all the hot facts on the Colorino group. Now we're going to focus on the most popular, the most planted type of Colorino, Colorino del Valdarno. So again, Colorino, its home is in Tuscany. It is found, this particular type of Colorino, Colorino del Valdarno, is found in Chianti Classico DOCG, one thing. Chianti DOCG, oh, bigger, other thing. And then Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, and then Monte Carlo DOC. So all in Tuscany. And I'm sure these names sound familiar to you. They're, they're famous. They're very well known. I mean, everyone knows Chianti. I mean, do I have to make a Silence of the Lambs reference? I will. Moving on. So, what is Colorino del Valdarno like in the vineyard? So, it's disease-resistant and hardy. And like its other group members, it's a late-ripening variety. But, unlike the other Colorinos, its pulp is clear instead of colored, giving colorless juice when pressed. So, now we're getting a little tricky here, right? We're talking about Colorino adds color and all this stuff. But then, Colorino del Valdarno is like, wait, when you press me, we're not given any color. So when we go into more specific zones in Chianti, so we have the Chianti Rufina zone, here we see a, a concentration of high quality plantings of Colorino. That's a really fun fact to know, actually. There are some great Chianti Rufinas. And now you know a little fact, so if you ever drink one, you could be like, oh, I wonder how much Colorino is in this. Probably not a tremendous amount. It has to be at least, um, I believe it's 80% of Sangiovese, uh, but you'll still, you'll still get some Colorino in, in, um, couple other indigenous groups as well but anyways so colorino del valdarno we have in the glass it's a deep violet color but remember you typically are not going to see this wine vinified as a monovarietal wine meaning it's never going to be in the wine by itself i'm sure there are wines especially you know you have to go back to the past like think of agri chianti they have to think of you know the time of farmers were the ones making these wines so i'm sure you know 
there are people that still just make it. But when it comes to wines you're going to find on the shelf, you're really, if you find, I, it's really hard to find one of these, um, this grape, like, alone making a wine. But it is good to know that by its, its nature on its own, it's defiled in color, it's full-bodied, it's assertive in structure, and it has aromas, dark berries, black licorice, blackberry jam, bit of menthol and herbal. Still sticking with that little bit of trend, you know, Tuscany, you know, you got a little, always those little herbal, earthy notes coming through for that region. And it is a late ripening variety, remember. And some wines may show a green streak due to a lack of ripeness in cool rainy years. That's extra precise for your wine nerds. And again, like I said, it's usually blended. And especially in the Rufina and Classico area, it is added anywhere from 1% to 10% to Sangiovese wines to increase the color. So all the facts you need to know about Colorino. Now let's move on to Susanna. She is here with us today. And ciao, Susanna. Welcome. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Hello. How are you feeling? How's how's going? Yeah, I feel energizing because after the exam, finally, it's a very intensive uh, um, four to five days program. Mm-hmm. So we took these opportunities to come here all the way from Hong Kong and uh, to to see and also to share, to join the local Italian wine here. Ah, so... Is this your first time in Italy? Hmm. No, yes, my second time actually. The first time was back to like last year. I went to Fancy Quarter. Mm. Yeah, because I love sparkling wine. Did you do it with the Gita Scolastica? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Aren't those great? Those trips are the best. Like you get, it's so immersive and. And also Francia Corta, drinking bubbles yeah. for a few days is <laughs> beautiful. So you come from Hong Kong, right? Yes. Cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, um, I'm a banker. I work in the finance industry. But uh, I also take this opportunity to share my passion in wine in teaching in the university for WSET Level 1 and Level 2 course. Wow, so you're living a double life. You have your <laughs> bank life and then you got your wine life. I think it's good that to turn my wine passions uh, to share with the wider community in Hong Kong. Yeah, so Hong Kong is a very energetic city and uh, people are, are, they are willing to drink, okay? They're willing to open to try different kinds of uh, beverage. And uh, I think it's uh, good that uh, at the early stage when they uh, learn about wine uh, to have uh, to see the world of the wine and then they can have a systematic approach in in share the uh, feelings in terms of the uh, um, tasting notes and structure as well. So we are more on talking about when we say the tasting notes, we are not just only say lemon, apple. We are more using the local uh, language, Mm -hmm. I mean the local terminology to share how we feel about the wine. Ah, I adore that. And like, and what kind of people do you see in your your WSET classes? Like, do you see a lot of young people or is it kind of mixed? Yeah, it's kind of mixed, okay, because in Hong Kong, our program can... uh, the student come here and then they can uh, apply the um, the Hong Kong government education fund. So we do see a lot of uh, university people. They get prepared themselves to to go to work in the society. And I do see a lot of um, uh, people. They thirty something years old. They already uh, start going out to work. Uh, they are start uh, uh, getting wealthy and they want to learn how to appreciate wine as well. And also we do see a small portions of people that are retired and they just want to find their hobbies. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, that's that's always lovely. And wine is a great hobby, as yeah. we know. Okay, so you teach WSET, but what made you go down the Italian wine route? Right. I start with sparkling wine, okay? I'm a sparkling wine person. Huh. Yeah, in so particularly my... champagne, of course. <laughs> but I think uh, when we explore uh, more about the Italian wine, it's actually, uh, there's a lot of possibility in terms of the sparkling wine, not just only about the, the production method, it's about the grapes itself. I find it very interesting uh, about this, uh, so that's why I want to like specialize myself into the sparkling wine so Italian wine would be the first place for me to go to mm. and then secondly in Hong Kong the Italian wine ambassador community is very established the people are helping each other they are willing to share willing we learn together and uh, I think this makes uh, me as an individual I would love to more devoted into the Italian wine and then thirdly it's about my students um, because they always ask me um, where to buy the wine uh, mm. within the uh, certain budget. I think Italian wines would not go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. We have different uh, kind of grapes uh, mm. as well as the steel wine, sparkling wine, as well as Pasito method. It would be very good for them to go out to do the pairing as well. In particularly in Hong Kong, we international city. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of different kind of cuisine. Or even in the Hong Kong style food, we have different kind of sauce. Mm-hmm. So that will be paired the food very well. So that's three things make me very passionate about the Italian wine study. Oh, yes. So I wanted to ask, because you're a sparkling wine person, I love sparkling wine. Is there a, an Italian sparkling wine particularly that you've been loving lately? Like any, like, or at least an area besides Franciacorta? <laughs> oh, Trento Dog would be my choice mm-hmm. as well. So um, I think uh, because... They already have the very established Chardonnay, mm-hmm. Pinot Noir, and also Pinot Meunier. Mm-hmm. I mean, the grape style is uh, equivalent. And as well, mm-hmm. I find it's a very, very rich in terms of the style. I think uh, this is something that inspired me as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Prosecco, okay. In Hong Kong, Prosecco is a very big market. And uh, in particularly this time at the VIA, we have the Mastercast mm-hmm. to explain the uh, Prosecco uh, DOCG, I mm-hmm. think. And uh, I have, uh, this is my first time to have six different glasses with different terroir, different uh, slope, mm-hmm. facing angle. And I, I think it's very inspired me on how i going to evaluate the sparkling wine in the future. Well, that's a beautiful. I, I mean, yeah, and I think especially Prosecco because there's so much Prosecco on the market. Yes and different levels of quality of Prosecco, that when you do hone in on uh, Conigliano, Valdobbiadene, you get to, like, actually more respect it because it, you know what I mean, in the sense that when things are so voluminous and you're like, oh, Prosecco, when you really focus on the terroirs and really look at it of, like, fine examples, it re-inspires you and it it reminds you that, like, wines really come in different um, styles and different um yeah and also the cool system actually they have different uh, kind of mm-hmm. plot right yes so this made me very interesting i think this is something that we can share with the community not just only prosecco have just one style it's actually they if they imagine if they dress different kind of dresses yes they will have different kind of outfit mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> i love that yes. i think this is something that uh we should let the people to understand and how they appreciate the bubbles. Because I think in the Asian, they always think bubbles make them have it, but it's actually not. It's actually how we choosing the right sparking to appreciate and then match with the dishes. 
and then that would be go perfectly. Absolutely, and and you just have me thinking a great advertisement would be like different people, maybe ladies in different dresses with the sparkling. Because I yeah. mean, that the, both like a nice outfit and a glass of bubbles is is everything ev- most people want. I mean, I want you know uh-huh. to look fabulous and be drinking fabulous things. <laughs> no, absolutely. Are you going to be able to go visit any wineries in the yeah. Veneto? Yes, I um, do. Yeah. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Yeah, I would, uh, apart from Veneto, I would go to Chantal Dog. Yeah, oh, yes. Favaria, of course. Yeah, it's, um, why I go there? Because uh, back a few weeks ago, I'm, when I'm in Hong Kong, I'm a part of the guest speaker to promote the Ferrari uh, oh. ch- Chantal Dog. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I will go there to visit. And then, of course, I will go to Prosecco as well. And also Fuili. So it's a work hard, play hard situation. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. And so how long are you in Italy for? Uh, we'll be here for three weeks. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, because I was seeing other other students. Some are like have to leave so fast in suitcases. Oh. My heart breaks. I'm like, I wish you could just stay or, you know, enjoy because after such an enriching class, like I remember my mistake was when I did VIA at the time I wasn't living in Italy. I was like, oh, I'll just stay for, I think it was like 10 days. And at the time, it was like still like COVID heavy, like yeah. regulations. It was 2021. So I think I only had like a certain window I was like allowed to stay in Italy. But I didn't use it all. I was like, oh, just 10. I had like four days after my, my exam. Yeah. And it was my biggest regret. Because when I was leaving, I was like, you know what I mean? It's just because after exam, you need time to relax yeah. and chill. have to. Because uh, my wish list this time, every time I and I I have a plan already. So every year maybe come here for two to three times, mm-hmm. and every time I'm going to hit on two to three regions, mm-hmm. and then you will make your whole time in Italy more well spent yeah. and more meaningful as well. Absolutely, and because you know a region alone is like something you wouldn't even know in a lifetime. So you have to dedicate as much time as you can, mm-hmm. you know, rather than like coming here really quickly or trying to do so many things in a small period of time. Yeah, and um, I also found that um, my students, they are really happy to see a lot of my, uh, my video mm-hmm. in the vineyard, ah. or the, the wine that I drink, the, the food, uh, Italian food pair with the Italian wine, etc. So they are, because they may not be able to travel that often like us, but they are willing to learn and appreciate. And also the story behind, because I find that's interesting. Um, we have, um, this time we study over 100 grapes variety. Mm-hmm. Some of the grapes, they have actually have a very beautiful story, like Aboluche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Aboluche. valley of Aboluche. Yeah. And also they have uh, not just only one style of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aboluche, they have... Sparkling. Still sparkling. <laughs> and also Pasito, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, would be, it would be very great. And it's not we may not be able to find in the market in Hong Kong, but I know some of the imported, they're already imported, <laughs> but it would be good to share this kind of uh, different faces, different mm-hmm. angle of the grape variety. I think this is something I'm passionate to share this kind of story yes. to my students. I think, I mean, to the younger generations, they need not just only drink, uh, they don't need just only alcohol, but they need the knowledge, they need the history, they need to understand the terroir, etc., so that they learn how to appreciate. Yeah, exactly. The appreciation, because that's like 
one of the spectacular things about Italian wine is that it's really versatile. There's so many kinds, but even at all price points, you can find things that'll really inspire you and overwhelm you with how delicious it is and unique. And I think that's like the one of the main things for the young generations like appreciating Italian wine is that it's like, wow, you can get this bottle. It's not going to cost me an arm and a leg, but it's going to make me happy because it's right. delicious and great. But on that note, kind of bringing in the food a little bit, because I know you were talking about how this cuisine in Hong Kong mm. is also very diverse. Yeah. Do you have a food and wine pairing that you love from back home, like Italian wine and local food? Because I cook at home as well. Ah. Yeah, so uh, most of the time uh, we have uh, some traditional, I would say, festival. We have the uh, braised mushroom mm. with oyster sauce. I think that one goes very well with Liberoro. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I remember uh, a few years ago I did a project. Uh, I'm talking about Liberoro, and then I cooked the braised mushroom with me. And then my friends, uh, after my video finished, and then my friends just, oh, let me try. And then they love it. Yeah. Well, so what kind of Nebbiolo are we talking? Um, last time I used, I shared a bottle of Barolo. Oh, wow. Them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, no, that makes complete sense, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Because you have, like, the mushroom, the umami, then that, like, salty. Yeah. Oh, and oyster sauce was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And do you find that, like, in Hong Kong, there's, like, a thriving, uh, like, wine bar scene, or at least, like, the wine lists are growing, like, Yes, um, that's interesting to learn about. I mean, after COVID, uh, a lot of Italian restaurants, they established in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And then wineries, uh, of course, Italian restaurants, they have uh, a majority of Italian wineries. But some of the restaurants, a new restaurant, they are not just only have the French wine. They have a lot of very um, sophisticated uh, Italian wine uh, on, on the menu as well. So I think this is something that, uh, very good. Good job on the Hong Kong community, I would say. And uh, they share every year. I mean, uh, in the past two, three years in the during the COVID, uh, every quarter they will organize some of the uh, wine events. Okay, it's a sit-down tasting. Uh, they will have different themes. Sometimes it's... Uh, uh, of course, uh, we will have Piedmont themed mm-hmm. under the Niger Alpha. Uh, we also have uh, like mountains wine, and then they showcase mm-hmm. Villa da Costa and also the uh, Chengdu Dawn, etc. So uh, it will, it is very good and bring to link together with those uh, restaurants in Hong Kong to 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 showcase this kind of uh, wine tasting event. And with a great support of uh, Italy agency in Hong Kong, they are very great supporter to promote the wine culture here. So I think people get the platform to know, but I think uh, we still have the time to bridge the gap on how to commercialize to more wider community, not just only the wine offer. It is actually people may they may not know how to drink, but they want to learn. I think this is something that we can do more uh, in our market. Absolutely. There's people that are always eager to learn and it just takes like the right, um, I wouldn't say maybe the right, but like the an approach that uh, that inspires them and opens up their minds. And I mean, I've never been to Hong Kong, but um, I can only imagine like, how do you see the future of Italian wine in Hong Kong for the young generations? Well, I would say very promising. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we have a very uh, great importer. They are really go not just only importing the the general Italian wine, but they really want to take out some uh, native grape variety to bring to the home market 
to to showcase mm-hmm. uh, this kind of story as well as the uh, the wine making techniques etc. To let our people know. So I think uh, our uh, our importer also did a very good job uh, to uh, to to assess different kinds of sources here. Okay, and I mean I'm kind of seeing this trend because um, speaking with other others from China and in different parts, of course, is like that drive by the importer because of obviously of access. So. So it's really up to you as like an educator to kind of like help foster that demand, right? Yeah. So you're seeing it growing slowly. You think? Oh no, I gr- I think it's, uh, it's picking growing, fast, picking faster, fast, fast. much faster much. than I expected. Really? Yes. That's yes, amazing. To be, to be honest, say, of course, for us, a uh, traditional wine student, we start from French wine. Mm-hmm. But I do see a lot of students right now. Uh, they are starting more on Italian wine, especially they have individual uh, study group. They have different kind of film, like uh, periodically, like every month or every two weeks. They set the theme and then share uh, among the uh, whatever they can source mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. But they are young generation. They are not like me as a middle age uh, lady. Yeah. So I, I do see they are very passionate. Uh, we still have a group of uh, energetic young people to really want to learn Italian wine. That's incredible, I think. And now that you've done VIA and, and you make videos, which I want to see these videos that you make, yeah. <laughs> that educate, um, you can help bring them and inspire them to come to Italy and and actually experience. I mean, I don't want to say just come to VIA, you know, and do the program, but but come in and, and visit some wineries. And yes, as well as the sparkling wine. This is something oh, yes. that I want to promote more mm-hmm. on this sparkling wine culture in Asia. So... Of course, Italian one, Italian sparkling wine will be on my list. And uh, I have, after all these uh, few days, I think I have more to tell and more uh, to share with our community in Hong Kong. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Susanna, for coming on the podcast. Thank it's you. It's really lovely to talk to you. And I wish you the best of luck in just a few moments. You'll find out your results. Yeah. And uh, Thank you. I hope to see you soon again. But... In uh, another way, in another format, but not just on, on the Instagram format. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, whenever you're in Italy, we will have uh, some sparkling wine together, or maybe one day I'll get to Hong Kong. One yeah. day, I hope. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao, Ciao. guys. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast, available anywhere you can get your pods.